I got like four minutes. Okay. That's never stopped me, and it won't this time. So, peace. Week two. This is peace. And um, it's the week two of Advent. We talked about that when, whenever you got the obedient people in our church were here on time. We lit the, the peace candle. Last week was hope. Next week is um, joy. And the following week is love. And then we light the Christ candle on Christmas Eve. And so here's the reality of peace. This is the deal. Christmas is about peace. Period. End of story. Joy flows out of peace. Love flows out of peace. Hope flows out of the kind of peace that this story that Christmas is really about. Because peace has a lot of different meanings, and our world would have us believe a lot of the wrong things to distract us from what the peace Jesus came to give was all about. So peace has massive implications. It's, it's a word named shalom, and it means, here's some, some of the things that it means. It means um, in body and mind, health, prosperity and contentment. It means peace in friendship and human relationships. It means peace from war, and it means peace from God, okay? And so basically it means that Jesus has come to restore all things in every way that we can imagine, okay? And that will happen one day. I want to read um, Luke 2, 8 to 14. It's probably one of the most famous passages that, that people read around Christmas. It says this, And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, who is is, uh, Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. Lord, open our hearts to receive your peace and understand this this morning. Okay, exactly. So peace, what is this peace that you know, eight pound, 10 ounce baby Jesus came to give us on Christmas, in Christmas, on Christmas. What is this piece? Well, I'm going to tell you two things that it's not, that Christmas cards, that movies, that Hallmark, that the movie Bridge on the River Kwai, all communicate about what peace is not, okay? I'm going to use the song to demonstrate this. Um, it, it, it's, it came upon... A midnight clear. Okay, is the, is the name of the song. And do verse one and verse three and four talk about both of these areas that uh, what peace is not? Okay, it came upon a mid. No, I'm not going to do that for you. Okay, so it came upon a midnight clear. The glorious song of old from angels bending near the earth. That's what's going on in Luke to touch their harps of gold. Peace on earth, goodwill towards men. There's the verse we just read. Uh, from heaven's all gracious king, the world is solemn, the world in solemn stillness lay. To hear the angels sing. Okay, so verse three, we begin to see the deviation. That verse is fine theologically and everything, right? For the most part. Yet, with those woes of sin and strife, the world has suffered long beneath 
the angel strain have rolled to thousand years of wrong. And man at war with man hears not the love song which they bring. A hush, oh hush the noise, you men of strife and hear the angels sing. Okay, so that's verse 3, okay? And that's the first heresy in this song that we are going to demonstrate Okay, now verse 4 says this, And you beneath life crushing's load, whose forms are bending low, who toil along the climbing way with painful steps and slow, look now for glad and golden hours come swiftly on the wing, O rest beside the weary road, and hear the angels sing. So verse 3 talks about this piece being about a suffering world of sin and strife, um, where we don't hear because of the wars, because of the brokenness of our world. And Jesus came, baby Jesus came, to get rid of this, these wars between people and these wars between each other. Okay, and then verse 4 talks about the internal peace that we feel, the internal peace, uh, psychological peace, that it talks about the, the things in us that are at unrest, uh, that Jesus has come so that they can be at rest. Now, both of those are good things. That ain't what Jesus is talking about. This is not what this story is talking about here. And this is how we know. You know, um, the New Testament doesn't teach it. It doesn't teach that Jesus was born um, to bring political um, or international rest. Okay? That is not the peace that the angels are talking about. How do we know? Because there's tons of bloodshed in the world right now, and there always has been. There's tons of brokenness in the world. There's poverty and separation between people in the world. Wars everywhere. In the last 2,000 years, it's probably the worst it has ever been, right? And so if that is really what Jesus came for, 2,000 years ago, his people have been here for 2,000 years. His spirit has been here for 2,000 years. If that's the measuring stick, he's failed. If that's the measuring stick, it hasn't happened. I want to read this uh, in Luke, and the Bible tells us to, okay? And so in Luke, it says this. Luke 21, the disciples ask Jesus, what will be the signs of the end of the age? Okay, like what's going to happen in the end, Right? And this is what Jesus says. When you hear of wars and revolutions, see to it that you are not surprised. These things must happen. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. So Jesus is saying the exact opposite. And Jesus is saying the closer we get to the end, the greater the wars are going to be. You should expect this. Don't be surprised. Things are going to get worse. Don't expect international peace or political peace to be the result of my birth and the peace that we're talking about. Now, I'm not saying that we are not called to bring peace because Jesus says that we're the peacemakers, right? And we're supposed to bring peace. We're supposed to advocate for peace. We're supposed to be involved in doing that. But that is not what we're talking about here. Or see, we talking, what we're talking about here is something utterly different, okay? Because the kind, well, I'm going to talk about that later. Okay, secondly, here's, here's second, okay? So in the, in, in, the, in the fourth verse, it says this. Um, it says that, and you beneath 
beneath life's crushing load. So this is talking about us, right? Like unrest, crushing load, come to me if you're weary and burdened, is what we usually say, are bending low. We're bending low because we're getting crushed with burdens. Who toil along the climbing way with painful steps and slow. Look now for glad and golden hours come swiftly on the wing. That, that verse is okay. It's not heresy, okay? Oh, rest beside the weary road and hear the angels sing. So this is saying baby Jesus came so that we would have we would have peace. We would have rest. This is what Christmas is all about, is rest within ourselves. And the first, just a second ago, rest with and peace with the world. But that's not what it's about. That's not what it's about. How do we know this? Because that's not a reality. That's not a reality. That's a partial truth, right? That's a partial truth that, that we do experience rest. We do experience peace at times. But then what happens? It comes back. It comes back. It's a partial. What we see in this scripture is a promise that Jesus is bringing a concrete promise that is absolute. And I'm going to unpack that for a second. And we see this, we see this in the scripture. In Luke, again, staying in Luke, all the same, all the same book, 1251. This is Jesus. Do you think I've, I came to bring peace on the earth? Mm, mm, mm. No, I tell you, but div- division. From now on, they will be divided, father against son, mother against daughter. I have come to bring fire on the earth. Okay, so this is what Jesus is saying. Well, I don't know why we don't read this at Christmas, right? It's talking about peace. <laughs> talking about Jesus coming. This, this could be a Christmas verse, right? It should be never, ever in the history of the church. I'm sure that this has been a Christmas verse. Okay? Jesus is saying this. If I come into your life, there's going to there's gonna be, like, be disruption. He says, I came to bring fire on the earth. There will be conflict in your life. People will be mad at you. There will be disturbance. People will say things about you and to you that will make you upset. You're not going to have this wonderful peacefulness all the time. You're going to find people who you used to get along with who you don't get along with anymore. I've come to bring fire and division. I've come, this is why I've come, right? So Jesus is not talking about, wait a second, Antley, what about Paul when he says, what about in that verse? I know that Paul said somewhere that, 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 that the peace of God that passes all understanding will keep your hearts and minds. Now, who's preaching heresy now, Antley? What does say that? But that peace comes and goes. When you receive that peace, it comes and goes. It's a relative peace because along with that peace comes tremendous amounts of warfare within your life and life around you. A tremendous amount of disturbance of Jesus of Jesus coming in and saying, I am, I am taking what things, like things used to be, where things were comfortable, and I am going to wreck your life for me, and people are not going to life it, like it. A tremendous amount of conflict. Jesus comes into your life, and the reality, reality is he ruins it, and it gets messy. He ruins it for good, but it's messy. It's hard. And so the peace, when we feel that peace that Paul's talking about, it's a partial peace. It's not an absolute peace. It's not the, the kind of promise of peace that once we get it, it stays and we're locked in, okay? Which is the kind of peace that the angels are talking about, okay? So that's not the primary reason that Jesus came. Baby, baby Jesus did not come. That's not what Christmas is all about, 
Okay? Some people think, well, Jesus is kind of symbol. He came on Christmas, he's kind of symbol, kind of pie in the sky. Like, he's just, it's an ideal thing that we kind of work towards. It represents, da, da, da. No, that's wrong. That's wrong. Because what we see here is that God is giving us peace where? On earth. He's giving, his promise is to give you peace while you are here right now. Okay? So it's like a definite, it's a promise. God is saying, angels are saying, this kind of peace you will have while you are living on earth. It is not temporal and it is not partial. It will not come and go. Okay, so what, what is Luke teaching us here? What is this peace? Well, Zechariah, we're going back to Luke. Zechariah, who was the father of John the Baptist, turns to his son, who's not born yet. You, my child, shall be called a prophet of the Most High. For you will go before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins, to, go, to guide our feet into the way of peace, all right? And so we have some factual things here that are happening, that were promised to happen. The Zacharias prophesying, okay? He's talking about something specific, the knowledge of salvation, you're going to receive, you're going to make a way for, for, for people to have the knowledge of salvation. How? Through the forgiveness of sins. Where will it lead us? Into peace. So he says two things about, he, he says this about peace. Peace is, is what we're going to get from baby Jesus. And he associates it with the forgiveness of sins. And so what is happening here is that is that Luke is teaching us, we get this glimpse of the reality of what is happening, is that this peace is about our sins being forgiven and that being associated with our salvation. Okay, I want to say I, I tricked you a little bit with the scripture reading today, okay? The whole first part of the scripture reading, all until this verse that we're studying, was the ESV, okay? Which is a modern translation. The last verse that we read that talked about peace on earth, goodwill towards men, was the King James Version, okay? Now, if you're a King James fan, I'm, you know, that, this is jacked up. That's just the wrong translation. I'll tell you right now. When you look into the Greek, and I'm not going to get all into that, and I'm not bashing the King James. There's good things about the King James translation, but right here, they get it wrong. All the new... Uh, all the new Bibles that are being produced uh, for a while have said that, that Greek word is actually translated differently. Good word, goodwill towards men should be translated and is translated in the SV that I tricked you with. It says, peace toward men to whom God has goodwill, on whom his favor rest. rests. What is this saying? It's that he's saying that this, he says, he says that, that there was ill will. And now with some people, there's goodwill. That's what this peace is talking about. It's not a peace between us or a peace that's in us. It is a peace between us and God. There's another song by Charles Wesley that um, is, Hark the herald angels Right? I'll be cracking that out tonight, belting it. Okay? Glory to the newborn king, right? And then he says, peace on earth and mercy mild. God and sinners, what? 
reconciled. Okay, so, so that's, what, that's what this is about. That is the peace. That is the peace. The guy that wrote, come on nine and here or whatever, he was a Unitarian. He didn't believe that Jesus was God. He could not write the words because he didn't believe Jesus as God. It's only Jesus as God that could bring reconciliation with us and God. Didn't know that, did you? I'm not singing that song again, right? You get possessed by all kinds of things. Okay. So we sang this song today. We sang this song today, this morning. We sing about this all the time. It says, uh, who, who could I imagine a greater mercy? What heart could fathom such boundless grace? The God of ages stepped down from glory to wear my sin and bear my shame. The cross is spoken. I'm forgiven. The King of kings calls me his own. Beautiful Savior, I'm yours forever. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Look at this grace who has come down from heaven to die and to take my sin so that I would be forgiven. This is the song. This is the reality of the scripture, that the, uh, of the peace that the angels are talking about. Rest in peace with God. Reconciliation with God. It is out of this peace that we become true peace givers. Okay? It is out of this peace that we become true peace experiencers. Okay, because you can't bypass God and find this peace. You can't because you will get exhausted, you'll get worn out and God doesn't allow it to work because the peace that we have with him is the priority of God because it is absolute. It is not partial. It is once and for all. You see, this promise for the forgiveness of sins through Jesus Christ, what's, what's happening is Jesus is coming to us and God is saying, this peace through forgiveness is absolute once and for all, forever. The way that God sees you now, the beauty that God sees you in receiving the gift of Jesus Christ, he will see you in for a billion and a trillion and for eternity. That does not change and it never will change. Once you are forgiven, you are forgiven once and for all. It is not a partial peace that comes and goes, ebbs and flows. Comes and goes and ebbs and flows. That'd be a good tweet. Okay, so it is a reality that Christians receive but struggle to believe because it's too beautiful and too good. And so we give up on it. We move past it. We can't imagine it or we imagine it and we imagine it and it lessens and lessens and lessens and it becomes like Christmas a ceremonial season, a ceremonial thought, a motion that we go through, and we lose the wonder of this reality of Jesus Christ and what has truly happened at Christmas, that a Savior has come to us to reconcile us to God so that we will spend eternity in the fullness of peace in ourselves and in the world. When Jesus comes back, there will be peace completely in the world. There will be peace in us completely. The partial peace will turn to absolute. But in the meantime, God says you have hope in this, that the biggie between me and you is finished. It is done. It is finished and it is done. And so there are two people in the room today, right? So there are people here who have who've not, have never heard this before, right? There are people in the room who've, who've never received this peace from God, and they, they've worked hard their whole life to find this rest, to find this peace within themselves, you know? And they do things to make that happen. They might 
find a job that they think will give them peace or a relationship that will give them peace. They might think that there is a person that will give them peace. They might think whatever it is that will give them peace. And so they strive after these things by passing the peace giver, by passing the one who can only give us peace. And so this partial peace determines what their life is, determines what their life is like. Okay, and then the second person are the people in the room, people in the room that uh, know this peace, have received this peace, but not, they're not living, we're not living like this peace is true. And the reason we're not living like this peace is true is, is what I just said. It's because we've lost the wonder of it. We've lost the beauty. We've, we've forgotten how amazing it was. Remember when you became a believer? If you've received this peace, you're like, I'm going to tell everybody in my block right now. I'm knocking on doors and telling them about Jesus. I'm telling them right now about Jesus. And you like change your Facebook page to like, I heart Jesus on it, you know, or whatever. You started going to church four times a week. Why was that? Were you being legalistic or no? No, you were in love. You had just experienced the gospel. You had just experienced the reconciliation with the Father. And you knew that you were loved absolutely once and for all in that season. The, the reason that we're able to say at River City Church that God is not mad with you, that he is not sad with you, that he is not disappointing with you, is because of the absoluteness of this promise of peace. That when we receive this promise of peace, we are only before the Father as beautiful and perfect and holy and righteous. And so we can say that. That is a fact. But we forget that. That's why we remind you every single Sunday in prayer ministry about who you really are and how God really feels about you. But we forget this. And we move through it like a season. It says this in um, 1 Peter 1.12. Kind of talks about this a little bit. Um, Peter's talking about the gospel. He says, announced to you through those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. And then he just kind of throws this out there. That's the gospel. Things into which the angels long to look. Things into which the angels long to look. Let me tell you about angels real quick. The angels are wiser than us. They're richer than us. They're deeper than us. They're smarter than us. They are bad mamajamas, okay? They're more powerful. They know God. They sit in his glory. They are more beautiful. They are all of these things that we are not. And Peter says... They cannot, get, they cannot get enough of the gospel. They can't look at it, marvel at it, wonder at it enough. And they know, they know it better than we do. They see it more than we can. They, they see the, they're in God's presence and it is their eyes that are focused on the gospel that captures them, that enamors them, that controls them, their minds, their thoughts, their actions, their love. Everything comes out of what they see in Jesus Christ doing for us. The gospel, reconciling us to God. The angels would never say something like, oh yeah, know the gospel, got it, yada, yada, yada. Now it's time to move on to deeper things, to study Revelation. No, no. Uh Uh-uh. Not that we're not supposed to study Revelation or Hebrews. Those are two hard ones, okay? But that the gospel, the peace of the gospel is what drives and fuels and feeds our life. And to think that we will ever stop wondering about it means that you might have never understood it, never have experienced it. That's why a prayer minister, come 
and experience the gospel. Come and hear the gospel when we preach. Come and see and feel the gospel when we worship. When you are moved towards God, when you open your hearts to God, whenever you come and experience God or you dream about God or God gives you the gift or God allows you to talk to someone, that is the gospel in you being lived out. That is the birth of Christ birthing in you new creation into yourself as God moves in you, but then into the world. Peace receiving and peace giving. We're going to end with this song. It's by Matt Redman. It just captures it really well. It's called Mercy. At the dust, at the foot of the cross, where mercy paid for me, where the wrath I deserve, it is gone, it has passed. Your blood has hidden me. May I never lose the wonder, oh, the wonder of your mercy. May I sing your hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's stand.